Hello. Um, this isn't usually how we typically start the show, um, but as you can see, we kind of have a new setup, and with the new setup comes technical challenges. Uh, for one being my, I don't think my MacBook Air is really cut out for uh, for doing this, so um, we may have to switch gears to my computer to do this for a future episode, but if you're watching the video version, um, I would say everything looks good, sounds mm. good until about an hour where um, things kind of hit the fan and uh, <laughs> you'll still be able to listen to this, but the video just turns into a slideshow, which um, has a lot of Darren like this, me like this, <laughs> and still images from the game. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that that's fun, right? That, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a graphic technique that we tried, but we don't really like the look of it anymore. Yeah. Right. So, um, right. yeah, bear with us. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, um, we have to make a cut because for whatever reason, it decided to not record the last like minute of the show when we're kind of wrapping things up. Right. Which means if you're watching the video, it'll go slideshowy and then it will go clear again. Yeah. So, um, Back to our regularly scheduled show, I guess, is uh, where we'll go from here. Indeed, indeed. Enjoy. 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 Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Second Player Press Start. My name is James, and this is a podcast where two friends get together and chat about video games. That's true. That is true. And as always, joining me today is uh, my good friend... On the couch, even. Sitting on the couch, Darren. How are you doing, Darren? I'm doing well, James. Thanks for asking. Yeah, this is uh, not the first time you've seen us in our, you know recording garb but i'm still on the couch as usual this is just from a different angle today yeah so um if you're watching the youtube video which um i recommend doing because we publish uh, audio and video version of this podcast i'd recommend checking out our youtube channel where we're doing video versions and uh, we have now a little multi-cam setup um, wow. wow wow yeah we're getting pretty technical yeah. over here Multicam, um, multi-mic even. Multi-mic. Yeah, we decided yeah. to ditch um, the lapel mics that we were using before. Um, they were okay, but I feel like these mics should give some better audio quality. Right. A little context. James actually DJs, you know, as a thing. He mixes music and produces music, and you should all check it out. But he's, you know, he's an audiophile at heart. So yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, enough with the lapel mics already. Yeah, Am I right. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get some real mics. Here. So um, yeah, hopefully this sounds okay. This is kind of our first time doing this setup. So mm. audio listeners, I hope this sounds a little bit better than what you're used to. Yeah, leave leave a comment wherever you're listening, whatever your options are. Fire us messages, and uh, we've got our Twitter at the bottom of the screen there. Yeah, so, you can reach out to us uh, individually, um, or go to our website at secondplayerpressstart.com. Right. And that's second with a two, number two, ND, secondplayerpressstart.com. All right, so with all of that fun stuff out of the way, um, 
let's go to the real reason why we're here. The video games. The video games. And uh, we're going to talk about one game today that Darren has been bugging me to try or play for quite a while. It's because true. It's true. We've kind of reversed roles on this in this particular instance. Yeah. So I've recently built my own computer, which is kind of being blocked by this mic. But mm-hmm. um, so I'm now back into PC gaming. I guess I've been kind of out of that field for... I think it was like high school. I was pretty heavy into gaming on a yeah. computer. I remember going to your house in high school in the 90s, maybe. Yeah, yeah. early 90s, late 90s, I guess. Uh, and playing on your compact, I think it was at the time. No, you have the compact. Oh, I had the compact. That's yeah. right. What did you have? Do you remember? I had, I think I had a Sony like Vio. Right, 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 right. right. Probably paid like way too much for it, but <laughs> it was a really cool looking computer at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got into PC gaming. <clears throat> I went through a few video cards because that game I couldn't run until I had the latest yes. video card. Yeah. So Voodoo video card? Is that yeah. what you had? I, I was an ATI guy. Okay. I think. Yeah, I yeah. had a Voodoo way back in the day. So, voodoo or doo-doo, man. Yeah. 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 Um, Old school. Yeah, and we used to play a lot of PC games um, at your... Uh, at your dad's office, I remember. We yeah, would... we had a LAN set up there so we could play on multiple machines at the same time. And we did that in high school, too, in our our tech room. Yeah. Mac Mac computers could play Warcraft, too. Yeah, I remember that. So we that. got a lot, of, a lot of play into that. Um, um, and, I mean, turns out that's a Blizzard game, too. So Yeah, so, um, yeah, I used to play a lot of PC gaming, then went to college, kind of grew up a little bit, and... Uh, <laughs> Nah. Then, uh, yeah, when I I kind of became an adult, it's kind of weird because usually you get into computers when you get older, but mm. I kind of went the reverse where I was into computers for most of my life. And then um, later on in life, I started console gaming, and sure. I liked the convenience of popping a disc in and playing and not really having to worry about upgrading parts or any of that stuff. Right, right. But, um... Or, or like issues, and we might, we might maybe get we into We might some touch of those on that so. today, but um, yeah, recently, like I've been seeing a lot of games that are on PC that I'm not able to play, and the one that we're going to be talking about today mm. was kind of one of those games that uh, Darren has been chatting a lot about. And uh, I was fortunate enough to. Um, to build my own computer lately, which is something that I've really wanted to do for a long time. Sure. And uh, upon building my computer, I could try some of these new games. And uh, one of those games, which is the one that Darren heavily recommended, is Heroes of the Storm. So why don't you give us the uh, the Wikipedia detail rundown, and yes. then uh, we'll start chatting. So um, Heroes of the Storm is a multiplayer online battle arena game, uh, also known as a MOBA. MOBA. Um, I've heard about these games. Uh, there's uh, Dota, I think is the Dota, really... De- Defenders of the Ancients yeah. uh, is one of the, one of the older ones, and then League of Legends. League of Legends is another popular one, and these games are pretty huge from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is developed by Blizzard, who you, most of you know for developing... Uh, Diablo and Starcraft, Overwatch, and yeah, Warcraft, Warcraft and World of Warcraft. The list kind of goes on. Um, and this is kind of their take. 
um, kind of using an all-star um, lineup of their characters from these games yeah, yeah. Um, in this kind of MOBA format. Um, yeah, is there anything else to kind of introduce the game? Uh, not really as an introduction, but a little bit of history. Uh, the original Dota was built, I believe, on the Warcraft 3 engine. So the original like MOBA took Warcraft 3 and said, well, what does it look like if some of the some of the lighter units that we make earlier in the game are just kind of AI controlled and they're just trying to kill the other person's base so we don't have to think about base building. And then instead we focus on playing a hero that as Warcraft 3 heroes, they could level up and get new powers and abilities and support your support each other with healing spells. They had different classes and things like that, or do damage or tank or whatever. And that turned into the original Dota game. Uh, from there, Valve took it and went with Dota 2. Uh, League of Legends Riot Games took that exact idea and then kind of changed some of the, the systems in it. Um, not very much in comparison, say, to Heroes of the Storm, which is another MOBA. But then Blizzard came, and I think it's built on the StarCraft II engine, and they finally released their version of a MOBA. And as we know from Blizzard for uh, for ages now, their big thing has always been polish, right? Yeah. We take a game in a, in a genre that somebody else has already taken the first steps in, and we take that and we polish it and we make it uh, more epic and more colorful and more user-friendly and uh, better music and better cinematics and, 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 and just pile in all these things. And that's why people are such big Blizzard fans, because you take a, a genre that somebody has maybe tried a few times, right? That and Blizzard takes it and perfects it. So when you think of an MMO, most people know World of Warcraft because it was one of the biggest, right? Yeah. Um, and when you think of like your standard uh, action RPG, you think of Diablo. And Blizzard's had some of the most popular Diablo games, like they're really significant in that genre. Um, and then they came out in the MOBA, kind of the MOBA arena with Overwatch, which is more of a it's a first person shooter. But there's been other games in that genre for ages right yeah and then they release overwatch and they improve on some of the models and it becomes a really big thing heroes didn't necessarily happen like that though um it wasn't a game by them that took off huge um it was it had issues and it still isn't one of the biggest moba games out there so when you think about blizzard and their development history the assumption is kind of well if they are doing it, then it means that it's going to just skyrocket to fame because everything else they touch turns to gold, right? Right. It just happens that with Heroes of the Storm, it's not that way. It hasn't taken over the market. Partly it's because it came to the MOBA market so late, whereas other genres that they've kind of retooled and polished have come out earlier in their development cycle. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess then my question to you, like, Kind of getting into this genre of games because right, I haven't right. played a MOBAs <clears throat> before this game. Okay. Um, like, what was it about this one mm. that attracted you versus, um, like some of the more popular ones? Sure, sure. So, when I first started getting into MOBAs, it was with Dota Two, and I had a lot of friends on Steam that we played together with, and they invited me into it. And the one thing that and you'll, I'm sure you'll talk about this tonight, but in most MOBAs, and, and Heroes is not excluded from this, is there's a very significant learning curve. To get yourself into the game, you have to contend with the fact that, number one, you're learning a new game in general, 
So there's a learning curve. Number two, you have a vast amount of characters, right? I think Heroes has a fewer character count than, say, League of Legends or Dota, which have in the hundreds of characters. Um, Blizzard, I think, is we're up to like 70, 80, somewhere in there now with Heroes MOBA. And, but that still means you need to learn uh, you need to learn how to play the game, right? Then you need to learn uh, which character class suits your playstyle. So a healer or a tank or a support character or whatever. And then once you figure that out, uh, you need to figure out which character in that class is better suited to your skill or your the thing that you like about that class, right? right. Because all the characters within a class function differently so that there's a reason to even have them in the game. Because if there's no uniqueness to them, if all the heal healers, for example, function the same and the only thing that was different was their skin and their their name, then you're not really getting a different uh, play style or a play experience out of using the same type of character. So part of MOBA um, in general has functioned around the idea that more characters means more more dynamism and more diversity in the way that I play the game. So I can play one healer that maybe does more damage than another healer, or I can do one that uh, has is easier to, to clear waves of minions. Remember we talked about the little minions crashing. Yeah. So maybe I pick one that has a little bit more wave clear so they can clear the waves of minions faster or one that has burst healing. So I heal uh, in ch large chunks of health as opposed to healing over time things like that. Um, and that all depends on all these other factors going on in the game. So like I was saying, there's a huge learning curve. One of the things that Heroes does a little bit differently, um, there's another learning curve in Dota and League, um, which has to do with their some of their in-game economy, where you have items. So in Dota and League, you kill enemies, and this can be uh, either enemy heroes, so other players that are playing, or the, the minions, and you'll if you last hit them, and that's a whole nother topic, but essentially if you get the last amount of damage on them before they die, then you get the experience and you get the gold from killing them. Your experience is then used to level up your hero, even going back to the, the original Dota that was built in Warcraft 3, um, and you use the gold to buy items from the shop, um, which again is a very RTS kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, has some role play type elements in there, leveling up and whatnot. Um, Heroes does away with that entirely. They say there's no item shop, there's no gold, there's not even last hits in Heroes. So I had played a lot of uh, Dota, and I found that it was really hard for me, especially with my friends who had played a lot of it, for me to get any value out of playing, I would need to put in a lot of time to get to the level that they were to feel that I wasn't just dragging the team down. Right. And I guess we should probably talk about, I mean, I'd like to hear your, your like, paragraph of what is a MOBA what is like what am I doing in the game I'd yeah. love to hear based on your playthrough of what what you think about just the style of the MOBA because yeah. it's the the style of this game is very similar to League and to Dota but the mechanics there's some different in mechanisms yeah I mean to be completely honest with you and you can probably see from like the gameplay footage that's on screen if you're watching the video version of this podcast like when i first played the game um like i went through the tutorials and it it seems pretty straightforward of like mm -hmm. 
hey, you kind of need to guide your team to the other side of the map and attack this core. Right. Um, but to get to this core, there's like certain barriers you have to, to get through, and there's sure. certain lanes that you can kind of navigate in between to um, to get to this core. Right. And depending on, you know, where your enemies are and where you are, um, that can swing the balance of the game. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> so that kind of made sense to me in terms of like an American football game where you're trying to gain okay. yeah. gain gain uh, yards down the field, right? Sure. So that made sense. Um, I probably, when I first started playing the game, like I was being maybe a little too aggressive mm. of like, I didn't quite understand how the like little minion guys okay kind of were functioning in the game um and they didn't really explain that too well in the tutorial mm. um but when i was playing with you and you were kind of explaining it um something kind of clicked of like right these guys are kind of like on the front lines right and you really want to kind of get them in front of you as kind of like this padding right and because without that padding you're open to being attacked that's right. Um, not only by the kind of the big hero guys, but also um, these like um, like each barrier has like um, projectiles that they're firing at you, sure. right? Sure. Um, so if you just kind of go to the front of the line and you start attacking, you're going to die very quickly because mm. they take a lot of damage versus having your minions kind of wither away at the towers. Right. And then you kind of scoop in and right, attack right. them. So um, once you kind of explained that and I kind of saw that in action, that's when it kind of mm. clicked for me. Because, um, yeah, playing through the tutorials, I didn't quite kind of get that kind of aspect of the game. Right. Um, and really, like the like, with that piece, the game seems a lot more understandable to me now okay um but there does seem to be a lot of nuance in like every map seems to have like certain little quirks yes and like little things that you can um like there's the the little parts of the map where you can attack like the larger creatures right right and then they become like allies and then there were some maps you were showing me where different objectives kind of pop right. up and that's a very significantly different part of heroes than of the the original mobas yeah um so some of the map variations kind of confused me because mm. beyond that tutorial there really wasn't other than like the splash loading screen where i think yes. they describe a little bit yeah um until i got into the map and having someone like yourself that's played this game, you know, hundreds of hours. Right. Um, like kind of explaining like, oh, you can actually hide if you stand in this spot. Right, right. Um, like those little nuances, I don't know if I would pick up just playing by myself. Mm -hmm. But um, I do like, I am in interested in learning this game. Right. Because I do find like that base game... And even just that tutorial map kind of fun. Sure. And um, I do like kind of the strategy. And um, I guess the other thing that I really like about this game 
is just the the different characters that you can select. Yeah, yeah. And um, they all kind of have their own unique abilities. And I guess the... I guess playing with a team is probably more fun than just what I've been doing, which is just kind of playing like AI opponents. Because right, yeah, I think, really... I think in some of the video that you have, it's you plus AI opponents plus yeah. AI members on your team as yeah. well. But I feel like, yeah, playing, because we played a few matches together. Um, I was having some technical issues, which we'll chat about a bit later. But sure. um, I could see that being a lot of fun once you start kind of coordinating your mm -hmm. your strategies and attacks and yeah. Yeah. Um, where to go on the map. I, I will say that the the most engagement I've I've had in this game, bar none, has always been when I'm on uh, voice communication with a group of four other people. Uh, the matches are played in five versus five. So you've got five uh, hero characters on your team versus five hero characters on the team. And that is that is probably the most intense and enjoyable gaming experience that I can think of, at least on a social level. Right. Uh, it doesn't hit on the narrative level that I get from other games like I've seen in Mass Effect or Last of Us or things like that. It doesn't hit on necessarily um the simulationist style games like we're walking sims or even the sims or stuff like that where you're trying to emulate something that's happening in the world right those style games yeah but on a mechanism side and on a skill level side and a multiplayer side this probably is the culmination for me of just a really great gaming experience now i've played this game solo just as you have as and as i learned to play the game solo that's where I met the people that I play with, right? Right. So there's so much of my investment in the game through that learning period and up to the place where I am now, where it's it's also a social activity for me. Um, I'm kind of at the place now because I, I still love the game, um, but I've realized that, and this goes to other games as well, that I get more value out of it when I'm playing in a social context, which is why I love doing second player press start. Um, whereas if I'm just, if I log into the game and I think I might play a match or two and there's nobody online, eh, I might play something else. Right. Or I might watch a movie or whatever, read a comic book or something. Um, yeah. So going back to your, to your initial question, because I, I don't know how much of our audience plays MOBAs. I don't know how much experience there are, is in our audience with MOBAs in general, so to talk about the differences between heroes and other MOBAs is a little bit of context. Yeah. But I will say that I had played Dota for a while, and then I swapped over to League of Legends because I heard from forums and things like that that things were simplified a little bit so that the learning curve wasn't as high because that was the challenge I was having with Dota. I like the idea of the game, but I knew I couldn't play with my friends because they were higher skill level than me. And even though they were patient with me, the chance of us getting all on together for me to get value out of it wasn't happening. So I had to make a decision. Well, do I sink hours into this game solo um, or do I try something else that's kind of the same? Right. So I played League and it was it was an easier learning curve. The tutorial was really good. Um, my experience with the game was, was good. I remember even uh, speaking of on the social side of it, a lot of people don't like MOBAs for the simple reason that the community is really harsh, especially with new players. And uh, salt is one thing people talk a lot about. Somebody being salty is like, you know, being rude and like not being constructively 
uh, criticizing, but just criticizing, just right. critically um, talking about people and, and, you know, get good and learn to play and that kind of thing. And I remember that a little bit from uh, Dota. And I remember that a little bit in League as well, probably less so in League than I saw in Dota. But then granted, I didn't play a significant amount. I played a few months of each game. Right? Uh, when I came over to Heroes, one of the first games I played with one of the first characters I played, it was a healer character named Lee. She's this little friendly panda character, and her mechanisms are quite easy for new players. I think I you played a match with her, I think, maybe. Um, um, a little panda healer character. I'm not too sure if I did. But the way that her healing uh, works is one of her basic abilities is to to like toss a potion, right? But... When you, when you hit the ability, you don't have to aim on a character or a location to affect an area. As soon as you hit the button, it will heal the closest person to you that has the least amount of health. So it automatically heals the person that needs it the most. Right. Which means when you play as Lily in the game, you don't really have to think about um, your, your skill me mechanisms or your skill mechanics on the mouse you just have to think about your positioning. Where am I in the map in relation to the people that I need to heal? And when I hit this button, am I going to heal the right person kind of thing? And that makes learning her as a healer a really great experience because I'm not as concerned about some of those other higher level skill sets. I'm just concerned with where is my character? Is she going to take damage? Is she in a safe position? And can I reach in my little circle of area? Can I reach the person I want to heal? So there's characters like that in... Uh, heroes that you can learn a lot about the game with just playing that one hero and just kind of forego the rest of the stuff because now I know how to play Lily enough that I can play map after map after map and try to understand some of the intricacies of the rest of the game right so anyway so I, I'm playing League of Legends and I'm just not there's aspects of it that I just don't like and I can't even Partly because I'm not analyzing the game as I as we have been in the last you know few months that we've been doing second player, but I don't really have anybody to talk to about it. I don't have anybody to like work through you know what am I what's wrong with this, and I realize I listen I'm listening to a podcast by a designer named David Serlin, and I think I've brought him up before. Yeah, because he did Fantasy Strike. Right, he's the yes, lead designer yeah. on Fantasy yeah. Strike, and he did a podcast, and he's a Blizzard fan. Uh, he did a podcast where he touched on uh, the design of Overwatch, and he touched on the design of Heroes of the Storm. And I'm listening to him talk through the changes from League of Legends, which I've played at that point. I'd played for a few months, and comparing it to Heroes of the Storm. And I had never played Heroes. I knew one person that mentioned it at one time because they knew I was kind of getting into MOBAs, but otherwise I knew nothing about it. But listening to David Serlin talk about the design mechanisms and how from, even from first, first principles of the game, how they changed some of the mechanics of the game for, and, and the ripple effect that it had in the design of the game, I was so immediately compelled by just the design. And I hadn't even played the game at that point. I hadn't seen anything. It was a podcast. But I was like, I have to try this game. Because some of the stuff that he was talking about was exactly the challenges I was having in my experience with League and Dota. And a big one, and this is probably the biggest, is the last hit thing, okay? So like I said before, you have these minions that are going down one lane, you have uh, minions from the opponent going down a lane, and then they fight, and if nobody's there, they just kill each other, and then another lane comes out 30 seconds later, and they fight, and 
if nobody's there, nobody gets experience, nobody gets last hits, nobody gets gold. So you're not any further ahead trying to move towards the opponent's towers, right? So being in lane to be the one that last hits the minions gives you the experience and gives you the gold. So your immediate uh, intuitive understanding is kill the minions, okay? But don't always kill the minions. Wait till you kill the minions when it's the last hit. Last one, right? And if you're playing with somebody else in the lane, in uh, Dota they have a... It's not, it's not explained in the game. It's part of the meta of the game. But in Dota you have what's called um, um, AD carry. And that means attack, damage, carry. So attack and damage is a, is a part of your character class that says when you attack, you do more damage, okay? Now, I'm, you know, for the for the huge Dota fans out there, you know, I'm just paraphrasing this for, yeah. you know, uh, so don't, don't, hopefully, you know, you'll be nice online to me. But, and carry means that it's a hero that you carry to the end game. And then they will, they will carry your team. Because what happens in Dota is, uh, and League of Legends, when you get last hits, you get XP. And when you get gold, you get XP. The people that don't get last hits and gold don't level up and don't get items. So what you want to do is if you have your AD carry in lane, okay, in one of the lanes, you also have a support character with them so that you can keep healing them so that they can stay in lane longer. Okay. So what happens is your support hero's only focus is to keep your carry alive. So if somebody else from the other team tries to come and kill them or gang up on them, it's called a gank. It's a gang kill. A bunch of people swarm the carry to kill them right um then you have to go then you respawn there's a cooldown timer you respawn you go back to the base and you come back out to the lane which means you've missed xp and gold from right, killing right. minions yeah. right so the whole purpose of the support is to keep the ad carry alive because in the early game they're not very strong but as they continue to get all the last hits of every single minion and all the gold of every single minion that's the that's the ultimate goal that's the objective right in lane they will gain levels higher than anybody else in any other lane to the point where by the time they've leveled up higher than anybody else, now you can kill entire teams with your one character as long as they've got a little bit of support with them, right? So what happens then is my intuition that says, okay, I'm playing a support hero and I want to kill minions because they're the opponents. So I would start killing minions in lane and I would be uh, slammed by my, my teammates to say, no, you, that's not how you play. Don't kill the minions. I should be killing the minions. I'm like, whoa, what? Because I didn't know this meta, right? I didn't yeah. understand the intricacies of it. So I would be playing the hero that I was interested in playing, that, uh, that I had gone through the tutorial that I learned about how these systems worked. But the meta of the game says these particular heroes should get more XP and gold because they're the ones that carry your team to victory, right? So because I wasn't carrying them to, in the early game, they couldn't carry us in the late game. So I was playing wrong, even though intuitively I was doing the right thing. I was killing the bad characters on the screen. Right. Right. Coming from a Diablo um, action RPG perspective, yeah, yeah. I'm clicking on the minions and I'm killing them. That's what I should be doing. And yeah. then gold's dropping. That's awesome. Right. But that's not how it works in Dota. That's not how it works in League. So the biggest change in heroes is there's no last hits. There's no gold. And any XP that you get, you just need to be by the thing when it dies and you get XP. And lastly, when your team, when you level up, your whole team levels up. So you all level at the same time. Now, what this immediately does from a design perspective is it says, okay, I'm no longer at odds with somebody on my team from stealing XP from them. 
I'm no longer in a position where I can make your character worse simply by getting the last hit that I should have given to you right. or the gold that you should have got instead. Yeah. Instead, I can kill any minion I want. I can do as much damage as I want. I can heal any way that I want. And as long as I'm in a position where I'm close enough to get XP for my team, my team is going to level up and we're all going to hit level one at the same time. We're all going to hit level 10 at the same time and so on. Yeah. So whenever we get our heroic abilities at level 10, we all lock them in at the same time which means I'm not pushing somebody higher as a carry. Yeah. Um, I'm doing it all at the same time. So there's no reason for me to be salty right, with a, with a teammate because they're playing wrong. Now, of course, there's nuance on that because you still get salty at a teammate for playing bad because right. it's a multiplayer video game yeah. right? and there's skill involved. Um, but that, that design, that one mechanism fundamentally changed the game for me because it was more about a team game than it was about an individual trying to beat the entire other team right? type thing. Almost like your teammates are stepping on you to kind of climb the ladder. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And from the, from the design of the game, that and from the way that it's presented to the new player, that is not intuitive. I had to learn over and above my experience of the gameplay to figure that meta out, right? right. Now that's, again, that's not to say there's no meta in Heroes of the Storm or there's no, you know... Uh, skills and things that you can learn that are in uh, excess of the what the game presents to you, right? Like I said, or like you said, things that you learned from me that maybe weren't as clear as they could be in the tutorial. Yeah, right? but but there's design elements like that that have fundamentally changed the way that I interact with a MOBA style game. Yeah, that in my opinion make it so much more enjoyable and engaging. So. So what you're saying is like out of all the MOBAs or at least the three main ones, like you just found Heroes of the Storm, just even though it still has these nuanced like meta right. things, um, it was right off the bat, just kind of the most accessible, sure. team friendly uh, game. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, because I had learned the lane system and I yeah. had learned the objective, like the overall meta objective of a map is trying to... Uh, if if I kill my opponent's minions, right, then my minions will push into the tower. And while the minions are pushing into the tower, they're taking the tower shots, like you were saying, yeah. which means that I can now do damage to the tower at the same time without getting tower shot myself. Yeah. So I won't die. Yeah. And if instead the enemy team ganks me, so they surround me and kill me with two or three other players, then I'm no longer in lane, so they can push the lane instead, yeah. right? So that's fundamentally the same in Heroes, in Dota, in League. Uh, the difference was is that um, I was more concerned about my team and the hope was they were more concerned about me because as long as I'm there and, and in the lane um, and I was, I was doing something intuitively correct, right? The thing that I was doing intuitively was the correct thing to be doing. Right. And that's not something that I could say for Dota or League on, on those levels of nuance. Yeah. Now... That said, most Dota and League players will say, well, because there's no last hits, um, Heroes of the Storm is more of a casual MOBA because the skill ceiling isn't as high. If you don't have to deal with these extra levels of layers of complexity, that guarantees you need to play, have more skill. So therefore, this game isn't as skill-focused, and therefore it is a more casual MOBA. Right, so you see those steps of logic. Yeah. Now, this is where David Serlin comes in, and he says, "Okay, 
what if I said in order to play this video game, and he used this in the terminology for his fighting game, Fantasy Strike, because he abstracts Fantasy Strike as well and makes the um, it inherently easier to play but not to master, right? And we had that discussion on Fantasy Strike. He said, okay, what if in my fighting game, to add more complexity to it, you have to bake a cake, okay? Yeah. So part of the fighting game is also, as a secondary part of the game, is baking a cake. And baking a cake takes a huge skill set. And if I make a better cake than you, maybe I do more damage. Or maybe I have a bigger health bar. Or, or, or. So it's a, it's a mechanism that is, uh, is a skill-based me mechanism. And it affects my play in the game. Now, would you say that's a good game or a better game than a game that doesn't have that extra complexity or extra skill-based testing? Personally, I wouldn't, right? Because I'm not interested in baking cakes. I want to play a fighting game, right? Right. And yet we have these mechanisms in the game that aren't really about the core of the, the gameplay. They're about, and in, in Warcraft's case, from my, my cursory reading on it, because it was based on the Warcraft engine with Dota, last hits were a, simply a function of the way the RTS system worked. So in the design of the, the engine that Dota was based on initially, last hits was just the way that they doled out XP and gold for the heroes. Interesting. So it was just a result of modding that yes. original game yeah. that it wasn't really by design. It was like, well, we need a way to use this game engine or game that right. we're modding. Right. And that's just kind of a result of it. Exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't something where even when um, League of Legends decided we're going to redesign this game from the ground up because uh, Dota was a mod, like you said, um, they didn't remove that because it had been such a such a a feature, I guess you could say, um, or a design element is maybe a better way to say it, of the original Dota that they kept that in there. Right. So here's the argument is said that, well, because there's more skill involved in last hitting, it makes the game more complex, which adds more depth. The problem is, is none of those things are um, synonymous words. None of those things mean the same thing. They're all, they don't have to be mutually like they can be mutually exclusive yeah i can have a game that has higher skill level and i can have a game that has more complexity and i can have a game that has more depth but i don't need i can have a game with more depth without complexity i can have a game with more depth without a higher skill cap yeah right and i think that's a really important distinction to make because when people call uh blizzard's heroes of the storm casual moba i know from when you played it that there's way more complexity and depth than the experience you got out of it, even if they took out last hits. For sure. Right? Because there's so much nuance to the characters and like the learning curve is still really large. Yeah. Um, and I would I would argue that even though your skill level or your skill level might not be as complex with an individual character or an individual clicks on the screen, the the macro elements of the game and learning the there's way more maps in Heroes than there is in Dota and League. Uh, in, in Dota and League, you have one standard map, right? And then they've developed things called ARAMs, which is all random, all mid, which means that there's a bunch of people that just fight in mid lane, and they've turned that into its own thing. And there's, a, I think, a two-lane map in League of Legends now that's a special three versus three instead of a five versus five. But in Heroes, you have dozens of maps. I right. think somewhere in that, you know, a dozen maps or more, yeah. right? And each map comes with its own systems and its own mechanisms that affect the best way to win the map, which means each map has its own meta 
each character and characters versus each other have their own meta, and the way to strategize on the map based on the characters you pick for the map vastly changes the way that you play on the map. So there's a huge amount of complexity, even in just the way that they went with the map system. Yeah. And that was a, that's another feature that Heroes has that other MOBAs don't have. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I almost wish um, they had a tutorial for each map. Mm. Like maybe beyond, like I said, that splash screen of like, here are a few little nuggets about the map. Yeah. Like almost like when you were showing me like, oh, if you stand over this grate, you're hidden. Or right, right. if we attack these guys, they'll be allies and then we can use them to sure. to kind of push forward. Um, but I guess that's where the quote unquote meta comes in, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you, you, the base game is a fairly simple concept. Mm-hmm. Um, even one that I was able to grasp just kind of going through the tutorials. Sure. And then, yeah, the, the deeper, more complexity lies in, well, now how do we adapt to these concepts, um, with unique maps that kind of alter kind of how you play and how you choose to play. Sure. Um, the other thing that I, I guess, I don't know, struggled with would be the word, but was just like. I didn't quite understand, like, you launch the, um, like, before every map, or map, before every match, mm-hmm. um, you launch the character select screen, right? Yeah. And I was presented with, like, all these, like, cool-looking characters, yeah, like, yeah. all these look really sweet. Um, but I was only seeing, like, certain ones kind of highlighted that right. I could select to play, right? right. Um and I guess that's where they probably make their money or they get people to invest time playing. Right. Because I think you've said to me um, in the past, like, you've never really paid for a character. You've just unlocked them by playing, right? Yeah. So um, currently in the current state of the game, it's a little bit different than when I invested initially. And when I started playing, um, there, was, there was two forms of in-game currency. There was a gold system, which you would gain gold after every match. Win or lose, you'd gain gold. If you did better in a match, then you'd get more gold, right? If you won the match or whatever. Um, And then they had a a gem-type system, which was the real money. So I could buy a set amount of gems with real currency, and that converts to gems, and then those gems I can use to buy things in the game too. And all all of the four purchase items in the game are all uh, cosmetic. So there's nothing that you can buy that will affect your skill level. Now, that's it's an interesting point because there's one skin for a particular tank uh, called Muradin, um, and it was outlawed in HGC because of the some of the design aspects of this one skin. I think it either made it harder to hit or easier to hit or something like that. So it, it was just that one tweak. But people liked the skin enough that instead of saying, let's banish the skin, they just said, well, for the purposes of our uh, our like high tier play, like the you know, esports, yeah, esports of, yeah. stuff, we're just not gonna put that in there. Right. Um, that said, I mean, there's stuff I can talk about their their high you know esports level too because they they had a bit of a mishap with that in in recent months. Um, but if everything's cosmetic, then I could by playing the game, I could get gold, 
which would allow me to buy new heroes and buy cosmetic items and stuff like this, right? Um, there was also cosmetic items that would unlock once I hit certain levels with certain heroes. Because after each map, I guess there is one more currency in the game, and that's your kind of meta XP. So each hero levels up at the same time, right? So I play uh, a tank, uh, Muradin is, is my example. So I play him a certain amount, then I get to level two with him and level three. And in the old version of the game, once I hit level 10, I would unlock a special master skin, which meant that I've played Muradin enough to reach level 10, so I can show off this new skin. Um, and, you know, that shows that I've played more with this right. particular character, right? So what... What they still do now and what they did before is what you're talking about, the, f the free characters. And they rotate through a series of up to 10 characters every week that are, for, are free to play. Okay, So if you own no characters in the game, every week you can still log in and play for free with some of these characters. Now, to incentivize people to play a little bit more, those characters, um, I think character number... Seven, eight, and seven, eight, nine, ten, or something like that unlock at different player levels. So if you, James, logs in now, maybe you have six characters for free this week. But if you play a little bit more, play a few maps, uh, get a little bit more XP as your personal character, your personal avatar like ranks up, right? Your your login username. Yeah. Um, now you unlock a seventh character next week, right. and then maybe you play a bit more and you unlock the eighth and ninth and so on, right? So that means on. As long as you're up to, I think it's only like level five or maybe 10 or something like that, which is not hard to do in the game. Um, I think you can, if you were to play every one of those free heroes once and win a map, you would level up with them, which would get you, uh, you'd be level five after playing one map with every hero kind of thing, right? Right. Uh, so then eventually you get to 10 free characters every, every week. Um, and those change all the time, right? And they try to do a good amount of easy characters to play to hard characters to play and that's a skill reference right how hard is it how easy it is to play this yeah, hero yeah. they also try to do it across um the classes of the of the heroes and even a little bit between the um the lore the ip right is this an overwatch hero is this a warcraft hero yeah. is this a diablo hero that kind of thing so that gives everybody a little bit to you know if if you're like oh i really like diablo and that's how i heard of heroes i'm going to come in and i'm probably going to get a chance to play a diablo character that i might remember in the free week because they just unlocked them for free and that's that's great right uh i hear that a lot of people when they do certain updates in other games and then they release those characters or those skins and heroes for free because it's just uh gold purchases or whatever um a lot it brings new people into the game like uh they've released recent heroes from the diablo universe or from overwatch and that there's generally an influx of new players or players that haven't played for a while that come back to the game because they're like, hey, my hero, the hero I really love playing in this game, is now in Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. And I want to see how they've been designed and mess around with them in this game. So, yeah, the thing that, that kind of bugged me about that, though, like being a new player, um, the tutorial missions that I played, mm -hmm. I played as, was it Jaina? Is that her name? Jaina, yes. Jaina. Yeah. Um, and after a few matches, like I was getting comfortable with, um, I think she had this like really cool, like ice, ice blizzard storm. Yeah. 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 Drops which, ice shards. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, I was getting the hang of like, okay, like I know how to kind of time this mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that felt really good. And then I think it was the next day I went to play. I'm like, where's Jaina? She's, she's not free anymore. She's not 
there anymore. Right. right. What do I do? Like, <laughs> I don't know. And then I think I ended up selecting Sad face. Um, some other character that was kind of an easier skill set because again, yeah. being being new at the game, I wanted to pick an easy character. And then like, oh, I'm hitting my E key, but it's it's doing something different. That, right. Right. That requires me to, you know, be positioned a little differently. Sure. Which I guess is maybe good to like kind of get a taste of what each character does. But it's like, you know what? I kind of just wanted to go back and play with Jaina because that kind of felt like a security blanket for me as a a new player. Because if there's if there's so much you're learning in the game already, then then sticking with one hero, at least to understand some of the other aspects of the game, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that I recommended with you was um, try, trying a, f- a few assortment of heroes from different roles so you understand kind of the class that you're interested in playing. Do I like to play healers? Do I like to play frontline? That kind of thing. Um, and then once you've found, oh, I, this role kind of suits my play style, um, then you stick with that hero long enough that not only do you learn their mechanisms, but now you don't because you don't need to learn the hero so much, you can focus more on the strategy and the, the macro of the game which might be otherwise lost on you because every, right. every map is different whenever you queue up or whatever. Right. So, um, so with that said, is there like equivalent characters that kind of play the same as her? Like, um, so going back to your comment before, the reason that we've got so many heroes in the universe yeah. is to give different people different, like, I don't know if you even want to call them like, like, uh, like power stories right it's like i really i played diablo so long and the fact that i get to play the lord of hell is just fantastic right I mean, yeah th- the fact that i can play as diablo in a game and kill people is so awesome right um and then some of his mechanisms fit into the lore of diablo with his flame breath and his flame strike and uh uh he, he captures souls from dead things and that powers him up and it's just it's awesome right but i can see if you have access to diablo and you're trying him out and then next week you're like I can't play Diablo anymore. That sucks, right? Yeah. Now, part of the design, and this is speaking from my personal perspective of it, um, once you get to the unlock more free character stage, at the very least, every time you log in, you have 10 characters to choose from. And right now, that's roughly, uh, let's say there's 70 or 80 characters. That's a fair percentage um, across different roles, across different uh, settings, right? to try out. And I think part of what it does is it incentivizes, like you said, to just try things. Right. Because in your early stages of the game, before you decide to spend your, your gold that you've earned to buy a hero, maybe you want to try out and see who, who plays differently. Maybe I, maybe I love Diablo. So I play Diablo and, and he's awesome. But as soon as I play a different tank or, or a healer, like, wait a second. This is this is way funner for me. This is much more engaging. Or there's something about this playstyle that really speaks to me that I would have never done before. Yeah. Because there's 80 characters to choose from and who knows what's best, right? So I think that's part of the incentive. The other thing is that um, if you know that you like Jaina, you're like, that can also incentivize you. You need she costs like I think she's a common hero. So I don't know if she even costs 10,000 10, gold like right. some other heroes do. She might be much cheaper than that. There's also bundles and stuff like that where you could use some of... Because they give you some currency in the game to buy things with. They even give you gems, which is real money currency, to buy things in the game. 
So there's at some point, even with just a few extra games, you might have the gold or some other currency to just buy Jaina, right? right? And then my my thinking would be, if I've played Jaina for this week and I really love playing Jaina, then next week she's not free. I'm like, that sucks. But hey, look, I've got enough gold. I can buy Jaina. Right. So I think that's part of it, right? And if I don't, I only need another 500 or 1,000 gold. Let's just bang out some some matches. Let's play a few matches. Let's try a different hero. And now I'm experiencing more of the game and I'm incentivized to use that gold because I'm working towards a purchase, Yeah. right? So I think it's a really, uh, it's an interesting system, but I have heard similar complaints with the way they do their, their free-to-play aspect of it. Um, from the amount of content that was available to me and has been available to me as I continue to play, I've never really found an issue simply because there was so much to learn and so much to try that I was just like, yeah, bring it on. Like I'm ready for the next hero and the next hero. And I started with five and they gave me a free one to pick when I signed up. And, you know, I went through the tutorial. So I got this Rainer character for free or whatever, Jimmy Rainer from Starcraft. So, and I haven't played, I don't play a lot of Rainer today, but at that point I was like, yeah, he's awesome because he shoots things and he has a gun and that's cool. Right. So, you know, that's, that's been my perspective on it. So do you find like, because we're at kind of two very different stages of playing this sure. game, obviously. Um, do you find that you still like experiment with characters or have you played enough where you're like, I kind of have my go-tos, so to speak? Right, right. So some of the some of the parlance for that in the MOBA is my main, right? And yeah. that that's the same in uh, like World of Warcraft and MMOs and stuff. Like I main this particular class or this particular hero. Um, I would say if I looked at statistics and I looked and I even just thought about the characters that I enjoy playing, there's some that I am I'm better with than others. There's at a at a higher skill rate than others, and that I have a better uh, win rate. Than with other characters so you could say those might be my mains right um that said i still love the diversity in the hero pool and the fact that at any given time uh, even when i'm playing with my friends uh depending on the friends that i'm playing with not nobody necessarily has a given role like if we were playing in a in a you know a competitive team let's say yeah then we would probably pick roles so that we could really define how we play together and understand our communication together. And sure. If I know that you're always the tank, I'm never going to get confused. And I'm always practicing the same type of skill set that goes with playing a tank character. Yeah. Right? But I tend to play flex a lot, which means that I have a wider range of heroes that I'm pretty decent enough with that I can fill the gaps. So if we need a healer on the team because nobody else wants to play a healer, I'll play a healer, right? If we need a tank because nobody else plays a tank or has a tank or wants to play a tank, I'll, I'll play a tank. Um, and that just suits my play style because I love experimenting and I have so much curiosity for that. And we've talked about that in some of the open world games and stuff before that we talked about. I just love, I'm just so curious about digging into the world and seeing how different combinations work. Um, and that's honestly, that's another design feature in the game is with the leveling up stuff, right? Um, in Heroes, instead of using the gold to buy items, which then give you some essentially buffs, they say, okay, now my damage is X percentage stronger, or now my attack rate is X percent faster, right? So that's generally what items do in MOBA, in other MOBAs, right? 
in Heroes, every time you hit a particular level, um, you every level gets you stronger. So you're you're uh, you have more health, you have more damage, and so on. Um, you don't necessarily move faster though, because that's a whole another aspect of the game. Um, but once you hit certain levels, every three levels in, from the beginning of the game, so level you start at level one, um, and then at level four you pick a, a, a new talent at level seven so three levels later at level 10 you get your heroic talent which is your like ultimate ability from other moments yeah yeah then you hit 13 16 so another three and then another three and then you skip four levels to hit level 20 which is kind of the level cap for talents but your heroes can get all the way up to level 30 they just don't unlock new abilities so the way that um other games have done this system is every time you gain a level your abilities get stronger and then once you gain your heroic ability or your ultimate ability, you get a fourth of your, your main class of ability. So you start with three, you unlock your fourth ability as your heroic at, in Heroes it's level 10. And I, I don't even remember what the, the level is in other, in other MOBAs, right? And that's on your R key, I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Q-W-E-R, yeah. right? Now I, I do different hotkeys because it works better for me, but uh, I do ASDF doesn't matter whatever yeah you know some I, people I'm are a new with this so yeah, yeah some I'm people just, out there yeah. are gonna be like what that's so weird like so whenever i talk about it i i say yeah use your q ability but i know on my keyboard it's my a ability so i mean right whatever yeah um but in other mobas once you make enough gold you can purchase the first tier of an item or an item that is then gonna be able to upgrade into another item so that you can get more damage or more attack speed or whatever right and different heroes will do different builds of different items in sequence based on the type of hero that they're playing. So the item store is always the same for everybody, but there's no need for the support character to buy more damage because that's not their that's not their objective in the meta of the game, right? Right? Again, intuitively, I'm like, "Oh, that item sounds awesome. I want to buy that item because I have gold for that item." But I shouldn't buy that item because it's bad for the meta of the game, right? Right. And what they do in Heroes is when you hit a particular level, they give you a choice of a discrete choice of three talents. They say, do you want to improve this ability? Do you want to unlock a new ability? Or do you want to improve this other ability? And you have to make a decision. Now, some of those talents, if you read into the Heroes and you understand their talent trees, you understand that some of them form into uh, builds of the Hero that focus on a particular ability. So I have a Q build, right? And this is focused on my Q button. I have a W build, which is focused on my W button, right? And these things synergize together. So now that ability becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Gotcha. Right? But the, 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 the fact that it's a discrete choice that you make at every level means that sometimes you're going to take the map into consideration. Well, in this map, there's a lot of team fights. So I need to, and I'm the healer. So I need to put out a lot more heals and maybe I need an uh, area of effect heal, a heal that happens in a big area because everybody's just going to be brawling. And if I can heal with my healing ability, plus this extra little totem that gives healing to everybody, yeah. that's maybe a better choice based on the map. Sometimes you're going to choose based on your opponents. Well, I know that if I take this uh, ability that grants me unstoppable, which means nobody can lock me down, their team has a lot of crowd control, which is CC for short. Crowd control means I can stop you in place, I can uh, uh, stun you, I can knock you out of the way, displace you, that kind of thing. Yeah. So if I'm unstoppable, they can't touch me with any of their crowd control. So I might want to grab a talent that gives me unstoppable, right? Um, 
So that means that at every stage, I can make a discrete choice. What's best for my hero build that I'm currently building into? What's best for the map? And what's best for the opponents I'm fighting? And then there's the fourth one is what's best for the synergies with my team, right? Because if my, if my tank player, uh, there's, a, there's a big cow in the game called ETC. And he's a Tauren character. So Taurens are these cow characters from Warcraft. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a cow rock star. Which is awesome, right? Sure. And he has a he has his his uh, weapon in the game is his axe, but it's also a guitar because you call guitars axes, and that's awesome. Yeah. And he's this metal cow that headbangs and all this kind of stuff. So his one of his ultimate abilities is mosh pit. So there's a circle that goes around him, and anybody caught in that circle is stunned for the duration of his mosh. He plays metal guitar, and everybody in the circle just like headbangs with him, right? Yeah. And moshes with him. Um, so if I know that my tank is playing ETC and takes that talent, then I might want to take Jaina's talent, which is called Ring of Frost, yeah. which locks everybody to the ground and does considerable damage. And then I can drop my Blizzard ability on them and I can do all this. So the amount of damage I can do within the course of like one second is just insane if everybody's stunned in one place and I know exactly where they're going to be. So that synergy is huge, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not something that you'll figure out on day one because you need to understand who am I playing with? What map am I playing on? Who am I playing against? And which talents are people picking at different tiers? Yeah. Right? So that's where all that depth and complexity comes. And I can still enjoy the game without going to that level, but the, there's always more for me to learn about in the game and more for me to uh, skill up, right? To level up right. my, my play. Yeah, because that aspect of the game didn't really click until you just described that because I guess it's kind of the, like I'd be playing in kind of these AI matches, like the training matches sure, and the, you know, the little voice would pop over, you know, choose your skill right, or right, right. Yeah. talent or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then, okay. I click the little thing and okay. I just end up just randomly <laughs> clicking one because sure. I kind of want it to go away. <laughs> but <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's, it's almost like a rock, paper, scissors thing of mm. like, do I keep going on the path of kind of, you know, getting stronger at this, like my rock, right? Where my teammate, you know, maybe getting stronger at the scissors, but sure. then when we meet, you know, I win. Right. Or, right. you know, vice versa, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I guess there is a bit of kind of rolling the dice, so to speak, on that aspect, because depending on what you pick, those little nuances and choices will ultimately affect how the right. game right. will kind of turn out. So, uh, yeah, that definitely brings us to uh, Heroes Global Championship. Okay. So this was HGC. This was something that... Uh, their esports, right? This was something that Blizzard put hundreds of thousands of dollars in, invested into a yearly esports uh, system or framework organization, yeah. right? And what they did for, I think it was two, maybe maybe more than that, a few years anyway, where they just put this money into the game from the esports perspective, and they they gave money to teams that were in the HGC. So each region in the world, this was international, had a certain amount of teams that were part of the region or um, playing at a competitive level. They would uh, go to different areas of the world for tournaments where they would all compete based on the best in the region. Um, and then 
It would culminate in BlizzCon, which is their annual springtime convention, yeah. uh, where they would play on the grand stage in front of everybody, and there would be like, you know, the tournament play of some of the top teams in the world. Right. right. And they put in hundreds of thousands of dollars into paying off, paying the teams some form of monetary income so that they could put full time into playing the game as that was now their career, right? Yeah. Um, and then prize pools and all this kind of stuff to incentivize pe people playing hard and skilling up and leveling up, right? Um, so at that level of play, the first thing that you do in that game is you would decide, okay, what map are we going to play? Okay, so let's say we're playing, uh, do you remember the, the Cursed Hollow map? Yep, yep. Okay, so yep. that was probably one of the main maps that you played, maybe yep. even in the tutorial. And in Cursed Hollow, um, there's three lanes, in some in some heroes maps, there's only two lanes, right? But in Cursed Hollow, there's three lanes, and in the course of the game, um, we have an objective that spawns. And what that means is that somewhere on the map, there's one point, whether it's in the uh, between the mid and the top lane, or it's between the mid middle lane and the bottom lane. There's going to be one point in there, and it could be at one of three locations: closer to the enemy, closer to you, or somewhere in the middle, right? right? And what that thing does is when whoever wins the objective uh, channels it for like six seconds or something like that. And then they're able to, once they get three of those channels, where we would normally have uh, equal minions fighting each other, when, when you, when say our team gets the objective, the enemy team gets cursed. And that means that instead of minions taking a normal amount of damage, they can only take one hit before they die. So that means our waves are going to push way harder, right? Right, And going back to the idea of last hits and things like that, because they're going to die sooner, our lanes are going to push into the towers. And as long as we're in the lane, we're going to get experience from all these minions dying so fast. Yeah. Right? And lastly, when your team's cursed, your towers don't shoot anymore. They just cease to fire anything. So you have a huge advantage when you get the enemy team cursed to push forward and take out structures. Okay. So now we know what the map we're going into, okay? So now we go through what's called a draft, where back and forth between the two enemy, uh, my team, our team, and the, the opposing team, we are going to choose our five characters. In the midst of that, we're also going to ban some characters out because we either we don't want to deal with them or it wrecks the synergy that we're building in our team composition, right? So while we're picking heroes, we're thinking, okay, what do we need? Well, we need a tank. We need a healer. We need some damage, right? We maybe need a character that's referenced as an off-lane character, somebody that makes sure that they get all the XP that they can between different lanes. Yeah. Right? Um, so we need this, these set of heroes, and so does the enemy team. Now, if the enemy team picks Jaina, well, maybe I want to pick somebody that uh, stops, because Jaina does a lot of burst damage, which means a lot of damage in a small time window. If we pick somebody that can protect from that damage, then we're picking to counter Jaina. Right? We're picking to counter the Jaina pick. Yeah. So now we're picking a team that synergizes together and that works for the map. And then the enemy team is doing the same. We're picking a team that synergizes together and for the map. And then the third part of that, or the fourth or whatever number we're at, we're also making sure that we pick uh, team heroes that counter who the enemy is picking. Right? So now, by the time we're finally into the game, we've picked uh, five heroes that counter the enemies, that synergize well together, and that have good abilities that fit for the objective, in this case, the curse of the map, and the fact that this is a larger map than some of the other maps. So the fact that you can 
If you can move faster, there's some heroes that can fly across the map. They have global abilities, so they can move around the map a lot quicker. Um, those are huge advantages on a large map because it takes a long time to get from point A to point B on a large map otherwise, right? right. So that's the level of skill you get to then even before you start playing, right? Even before you, you move out of, the, of your hearth area into, into the game, before you even move your character once, these are all the decisions that have come into picking for the map, picking my heroes, and picking against the enemy heroes, right? And then we start playing. Uh, it's been called, um, it's like, like playing chess a chess match before a boxing match right the idea that there's so much brain strategy that goes into planning your your system before you even play yeah and now we play the game and it becomes a skill match of who can play their team better than the other team right and because of the objectives on the map like i talked about you don't see team-based objectives in other mobas which means this game forces the both teams to fight each other at various intervals throughout the game. So you get really good at team fighting. Um, there was something that uh, Blizzard did through throughout their thing where they brought in League and Dota players to play heroes. And what was one of the one of the one things that I thought was fascinating, because the skill sets are similar, some of these players that were really good at League and Dota, and it was a charity event or something like that, they were able to to get higher in the ranks in Blizzard's rank system for heroes because they were just good players, right? Yeah. And that makes sense. They had to learn the nuance of the maps and things like that. But, but they had like the mechanical... Exactly. But the clicking, mechanical skill yeah. was able to put them higher yeah. in the ranks faster. Now, because uh, Heroes is so focused on team fights, I heard from a number of those folks that played other MOBAs, they're like, the amount of times that I actually fight as a team in Heroes is so far above the amount of times that I fight as a team in Dota, that simply by playing heroes more often, I can learn the nuances of team fighting that I and and improve my skill at team fighting, which I would never be able to do in Dota because I can't guarantee a team fight might even ever happen right. based on the mechanisms of the map. Yeah. Whereas it happens so often in heroes that it becomes a central part of the design. Hmm. Right. And that's just because the objective at two minutes, something spawns on the map and that both teams rush for it. Yeah. So it guarantees you're going to have that head-to-head -head confrontation, which I would argue is one of the funnest parts of the game. Like laning is fun and outplaying a one on a one-to-one -one skill level. Like I did better than you in lane, so I get XP for my team. Yeah, yeah. That's a great skill test and one-to-one -one competition. I think that's fantastic. But the fact that it also forces you into team fights, which is now a 5v5 thing, is just a fascinating thing that doesn't happen in other MOBAs. And that, and then when you add into the fact that we level up as a team, so we're working more together, we're trying to work more cohesively, there's the kind of interaction and coordination that comes from this game far outpaces what you see in other games because you're focused on your individual yeah. carry, right? So, And I guess, like, because playing as a team is so important in this game, I guess that leads to, like, you as a player will play better because you're communicating as a team, right? Like mm -hmm. you almost have to communicate as a team in order to succeed, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that probably leads to a less like toxic environment of not, you know, people kind of helping your teammates out rather than right. in some of the other uh, MOBAs you were talking about, you know, the metaphor of stepping on other players to kind of right. get higher up or right. do better in the game. 
um, which you've said, you know, the most fun you have playing this game is when you're kind of interacting and kind of the social aspect of playing this game. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of encourages that, which then leads to your more fun in right. this game. Right. Yeah. Um, when, when we've, when I've got four other people and me on communication headsets and whatnot, and we're talking to each other and we're strategizing and we're, um, you know, we're shouting out our cooldown so we know when I can do damage or when I can stun or when I, whatever I can do, or I've got a heal for you or I can protect you, things like that. Um, and even, even in a game like that where you're playing, like you're on the back foot because the other team's outplaying you in some aspects, but then because you, um, you manage in your coordination to take a team fight and that allows you to secure a keep or some structure on the map or even take core and win on this, at this one brief moment where you've killed enough of the team that they can't stop you for 30 seconds because of their cooldown. Yeah. And that's just enough time that you can rush core and kill it and win the game. It's like, it's like so intense. It's such a fantastic experience. Now I know some of that's similar in Dota and league, but the, the team coordination I never saw in those games. Right. And I did play a significant, like a few months in each of them. And I did play even with friends um, uh, in Dota because that's who brought me into the game initially. Um, but it was really hard to get to that stage of coordination, um, not knowing some of those other things and intuitively not playing the game the way I should be playing the game. Yeah. So there's just those nuances of this game that are baked into the design of it that lead to these types of outcomes that I've never seen in another MOBA before. Um, so yeah, I, I've been playing it since September 2016, and that ranks as the game that i've played the most in my entire lifetime wow. i've never sat with a game that long before and we've yeah. had that discussion about various games in the past too whether i even played to completion sometimes right because of losing interest or the storyline or something something grabbed me in another game and i just wasn't getting you know i felt like i i felt like i got to the level in that game where i was just like it's okay to leave it for now right and i just never got back to it yeah but there's something about this and a big part of it guaranteed is the social element if i wasn't playing consistently with some of the friends i play with and enjoying that experience then the value isn't as much there for me in just the solo solo play right right um yeah and i think like before my computer crash which i mm -hmm. guess we'll, we'll get into now um like i enjoyed kind of learning like with those ai matches but i I did find it fun, even though I kind of felt like the younger brother kind of trailing <laughs> behind his bigger yeah, yeah, brother yeah, at school. Yeah. But um, as you were kind of teaching me, I did, I did find that a lot more fun. And games typically, you know, when you play with other people mm. and you're communicating are more fun. Sure. Like even some of the worst games that we've even played on this podcast right. are fun because we've played together, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um. So yeah, I guess a little quick aside, which um, was a little bit frustrating for me, was um, this game ran perfectly fine on my computer. Like, mm -hmm. settings were all maxed out. I was, yeah, yeah. I was a happy camper. And uh, for whatever reason, and I noticed this in uh, Destiny 2, which we're going to chat about sure. on a future podcast episode, um, I noticed after like 20 minutes, my game would just crash and right. not to the point where I could just like alt tab and kind of close the application, but 
my whole machine would just lock out. Wow. Yeah. And I would have to do like, you know, hold down the power button mm. to completely shut the system off and power it back up, which, um, I mean, even though my computer boots up pretty instantly to kind of launch the Blizzard app and then yeah. reconnect and get, you know, contact you through the, uh, the little messaging right. thing through the Blizzard yeah. app. Um, it took maybe like five minutes to get kind of fully back into the game again. Sure. Um, that was a little frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as I kind of dug a little deeper of like, why is this crash happening? Um, this crash also happened on Watch Dogs 2, which I've been playing mm. on the PC. It was a very similar crash where Interesting. the machine would just lock up. So my initial thought was, is it isolated to Blizzard stuff? But then it happened mm. on another game. Um, but then there were other games that I played for hours on end and nothing happened. But right, right. Uh, to make a long story short or trying to cut this down a bit. Um, when I built my computer, I bought my graphics card, um, secondhand mm -hmm. and, uh, I guess it was used to, um, for cryptocurrency mining. Right. So, um, after a bit of digging, I found that the BIOS on the card was kind of flashed to <laughs> optimize for yeah, that's, Bitcoin. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so I was able to flash the card back to normal and now I've played kind of matches back to back and I haven't experienced those crashes. Nice. So PC gaming, right? Like your all your all your individual units yeah. and, and you know, electronic components in a com computer and you're like, no, I, I'm not surprised that console was as such a sticking point for you, especially coming from PC. Yeah. And yeah, I remember back in the day that was one thing that did annoy me about PC gaming was you know, these little, because you're, these machines are so different, right? Mm -hmm. You can't guarantee that the game is going to run consistently on every right. single piece of hardware, yeah. um, especially yeah. hardware that I've put together with my bare hands that right. um, this is my first time building a computer and uh, I'm just glad that the thing actually turns on because <laughs> um, I've never done anything like that before in my life. But yeah. Um, I'm happy that I figured that out because I think um, I think this is a game that I'll hmm. kind of come back to, and um, I'm yeah I'm interested enough to kind of learn some of these systems, right? And um, the fact that I know that you'll be playing this for years on end, and I can it's likely yeah, and I can hop on and play with you, which right. Playing games with you, whether it's on person or online, is always fun. So, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I look forward to kind of uh, playing a bit more of this. It's exciting. That's and maybe exciting. we can revisit this at, on a future episode to kind of catch up on yeah, my, yeah. my learnings. And... It's um, the the one thing I'll say about you jumping on at this particular time. Yeah. So, going back to the the in game economy, there's now a third um, item in it called shards and shards are instead of you being able to just buy the things you want whether through gems or gold like it was before they have a loot box system yes the loot box yeah. which yeah every, Ubiqu every ubiquitous loot box right? every game yeah has loot boxes now right 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 so what they've done in this game is that every time you level up your character 
you get a loot box, okay? And if you ding like level five, level 25, 50, whatever, you get higher level, higher tier loot boxes. So that's one thing that's new, which guarantees that as long as you're playing, you're unlocking new cosmetic items. Right. So as far as a free-to-play game goes, it's at the best state it's ever been because you can get the most content for free than you ever could before. Right. Okay. Number two, every level that you get a hero up to also gains you a level as the player, as your login name, right? And that unlocks ranks and stuff and loot boxes as well. So now I hit level 1025 or 1250 or whatever it happens to be. I'm going to unlock loot chests for myself leveling up as well. So now I'm even incentivized to play those characters that I don't play a lot of because it's really easy to level them up in the early game. So level one, level two, level three than it is when I'm playing some characters that are like level 15, whatever, right? So there's incentive for me to try other characters that I wouldn't normally because of the loot box and the, the free stuff, right? Um, and whenever you roll a loot box that you've got some of the cosmetic items already, then it just gives you shards, which is that third economy system. So I can then use those shards to purchase more cosmetic items. Right. So it means that over time, like I'm in a position now, based on the amount that I've been playing the game, that uh, most of the loot boxes I roll, I already have all the items. But because I'm getting shards for it, I can just buy the thing I want when I want it. Again, I don't even have to spend real money on it. Now, that said, at Christmas time and events and things like that, I've purchased loot boxes for my friends and like, you know, gifted them to people. But I have never spent real in-game money on myself because the cosmetic items of the game, though they're fun and cheeky and there's some silly stuff in there that I think is really great, um, that's not where I get the value for me in the game. Yeah. So in, in a lot of ways, I'm not even incentivized sometimes to level up, though the ding of the level up is still... There's still psychologically, it's like, well, I've almost hit level 30 with this, with Falstad, this like uh, dwarf flying on a griffin, so <laughs> who I love, right? Uh, and he speaks in this Scottish accent, of course, right? Yeah. This blizzard Scottish accent, yes. right? Um, but I've almost ding level 30, so yeah, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to play him now because then I can get a loot box, right? Which yeah. is going to get me nothing but shards, but you know, what the hell, right? Yeah. So. I think that system is something that's new from when I started playing, and it's something that uh, for a new player, um, there's a lot of more incentives kind of baked into that design to like, you're, there's always something that you're getting or gaining or leveling up or whatever. And it just, on the meta level, it gives you more engagement with that aspect of the game, especially yeah. if you like cosmetic items, like you couldn't go wrong if you like cosmetic items, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the the closest that I've got to, um, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends right, um, right. since I built my computer. And um, to the point where I, I think I'm actually getting like, okay. You were doing some live streaming on the show, right? Yeah, I was, I was testing some live streaming and I might be, uh, might be doing that on the channel uh, with Apex because that's, that's a game that I like to go back to. Nice. Um, and yeah, I've played enough of that game where I've earned kind of their shard currency mm -hmm. and um i've unlocked a cool suit for a bloodhound which is kind yeah. of my my main two guy yeah and um yeah i guess i guess like you can you can invest your time which is cool in these games and you can unlock stuff and then i guess what their hope is like 
you probably put in enough hours where you kind of justify it to yourself. Like, I've played this game for, like, I think even Apex I've played, like, PC version, I've probably put in, like, 20, 30 hours. Mm -hmm. And I could probably justify to myself now, like, I'm going to keep playing this game, but I will plunk down some money for a new character or maybe something that, oh, this costume that um, I can't get by... Um, just playing time, but you mm-hmm. know what? I play enough. Yeah, I feel like I can uh, spend some money, um, and I think that's the way to go with these free-to-play games. Mm. Is like, like charging for characters that are stronger. Like, it doesn't really make sense because then it becomes okay. Well, I have more money than you, so I can buy the better character right. that's going to beat you every time, right? Pay to win. Pay to win. Yeah. yeah. Whereas these cosmetic items, I think the people that will buy them are likely going to be the people that invest a lot of time in your game. Sure. Which um, which only makes sense. And then if you keep the fun stuff free and unlockable, that just gives people the incentive to keep playing your game, which um, I guess the cycle or the loop kind of continues. And yeah. Yeah. Now, the only other thing I should mention, so as of this year, they canceled uh, HGC, which is the Heroes Global Championship. So their esports uh, model, they just dissolved it. Now, their reasoning for doing it financial, and a lot of people blame Activision, the Activision side of it, because of right. shareholders and all that kind of thing. You know, this isn't the blizzard that we know and love. This is a financial reason that goes above and beyond you know, the love for a game kind of a thing, right? The evil corporate yeah, overlords exactly, kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. So their reasoning was we're not making enough money, we're not getting enough results in the amount of money that we're putting into this, so we're not going to continue. Now, at the time, the way that it was delivered, number one, the way it was delivered was poor because it didn't explain, it hit on things abstractly, which gave people the wrong idea, at least in my opinion. Number two, they led the HGC players, the, the career-focused players, to believe that that wasn't the case before dropping it on them uh, late that it wasn't going to happen anymore. So we've got people that are investing time in training and practice and with their team and all this kind of stuff find out like much later than they should, essentially without their two weeks' notice, that you don't have a job anymore, Right. Because they were paying for these people to do what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm guessing like the previous year's prize pool would have been X amount of dollars, right? So they make an investment. Okay, the next year we're going to train our players to. We're going to pay them in advance. Sure. So that. So yeah, yeah. Part, definitely. Part of it is prize pool money, but they were also paying uh, teams like uh, an, a, a nominal fee, I guess, but a certain amount of money per year as long as you're in this higher up standing because that's what like as part of an esports model it's like the money that goes to football players right you're like you're playing a thing that is in turn uh making us revenue through all the systems that we're building into this so we're going to pay you for you investing in what we're doing or you playing our game right yeah so by saying no this doesn't exist anymore um, especially not only, not only was it the last minute, but it was past the last minute, right? Where we were already getting into the next season 
before they were told we're not doing this anymore. Um, so they handled that really poorly and they took a lot of flack for it. The other part of that letter said, uh, in so many words, it sounded to people like they were shuttering Heroes of the Storm completely. They're like, we're taking off developers and we're putting them elsewhere and so on. And that wasn't the case either. We've seen, we've still seen hero releases. We've seen a lot of updates. We've seen a lot of patches. We've seen a lot of balance patches um, and new heroes as well. Not only designing old, redesigning old heroes, but new heroes too. So a lot of people thought that, well, this game is just going, it's going to go extinct. Um, it just, that's not really the case. The way that I've seen it, I've continued to play through because I enjoy the game. So I would, even if it was going, you know, like next month we're shutting down the servers kind of thing, I'd still probably play because I enjoy it. And I'd you know, make, I have contacts that I've only met through heroes that I you know, want to play our last game together, that kind of thing. Um, that said, I still think it's a great time to jump into Heroes of the Storm. I think that there is a learning curve. I think that's something that you have to prepare for a MOBA because of the sheer amount of characters. We, we looked at some of those previous fighting games compared. We looked at Street Fighter V, right? Yeah. In comparison to Fantasy Strike. And there was, what, 30x characters in there? And we had to, like, who do I even play? So we just played random sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and you can do random in Heroes too if you want. But yeah. uh, the point is, is that there is a learning curve. There is a skill set that you learn by playing the game that no tutorial is ever going to be able to give you the nuance of unless you play multiple tutorials about very specific things. And there are even people in the community that have said, why don't you make tutorials on this aspect of the game or that aspect of the game? Because it's not done very well. Right. That said, there's even people in the community that create content creators on yeah, YouTube sure. and Twitch and stuff like that yeah. that say, hey, here, watch this, watch this professional play a tank. Watch this professional play uh, you know, a ranged damage dealer or things like that. Yeah. See how we play this map. Here's a strategy for these maps. Here's, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super valuable. And that's all coming from the community. And in fact, since HGC disappeared, the community has stepped up and have put money into prize pools for gold league play. And there's there's tournament there's a gold league tournament that was uh um at 128 teams or something like that to start off. They all played against each other, and then it people that that did better that one got further and further into the ranks to the point where um, now they're playing with just their round robin of like eight teams or whatever. And it's just like the amount of stuff that's still going on, even though it's cursory to uh, like HGC Pro or whatever Pro League, where there's a, a lot of money involved. Um, there's still a lot of people that really love the game yeah. and are still investing their time and their energy into making content for it. And things like that so i have high hopes for the for the continuation of the game i i want to see this game continue to flourish and by sharing you know my love for it i hope that more people will at least give it a try yeah it's a, it's a free game um the downloads way smaller download than destiny 2 which was also free yeah um so i mean if you have the blizzard app because you play hearthstone or because you've played diablo or whatever you're going to find characters that are in all those games yeah so yes we're back um i'm gonna make a little awkward cut even more awkward by breaking it up um so yeah as you heard in the beginning of this video or podcast we had a little technical glitch towards the end of the podcast so we're kind of resuming um where things kind of uh fell apart um to the to the best of 
your memory mostly. Yes. Um, so we were talking about... Um, it's, a, it's a free game. Yeah. You should try it. Because try this it. is a great time to try it. And if you like other Blizzard characters or you play other Blizzard games, then there's, there's more to, to see of them here. Yeah. And um, coming as a guy that, you know, typically doesn't like... Um, these kind of like top-down clicky games, right, RTS, like RTS games. style, isometric, or even action RPGs. Yeah, maybe that that's not your thing either. Yeah, it's not not really my bag, but um, there is something about this game that I think um, will appeal to um, even the most kind of casuals. Right. We'll use that filthy word again. casuals, filthy right? casuals. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, give it a try. Um, Coming from someone that's pretty passionate about the game mm. to someone who's relatively, I'm not going to even word relatively because I am new to this game. <laughs> um, so yeah, give it a try. That's, I guess that's, uh, that's what we're asking for. So um, Please do. as always, thanks for bearing through um, some of these technical problems that we've had. Hopefully it's a seamless experience for you guys listening and watching. Um, we'll yeah. try and resolve this on the next episode to to the best of our ability, right? Yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of learning as we do this. Um, we're going to run into hurdles. I'm actually surprised it's taken this long mm. before we've actually really hit like a major snafu. Right. Right. And I think in this case, it really isn't that big of a deal. Truth. Um, I think honestly, your computer just had enough of me talking. I yes, think that's what it was. It was like because Darren, I talked a lot. Yeah, this episode. But no, that that's good. Um, that's what we're here to to celebrate <laughs> and to kind of talk about is our our passion about video games. Um, so yeah, until next time. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Yeah. Um, we for appreciate your ears and eyes. Yes. I think that was a comment that we said before that was cut off. So yep. there it is. And then that was that really hilarious thing that I said that got erased. Oh, shoot, man. I was killed. Oh, I yeah. couldn't even. It was, it was good. Even. It was but good I don't times. remember it anymore, though. No. That's the problem. It was like Men in Black came yeah. in and you had to erased your memories. You had to be there. Um, so with that said, we will stop. <laughs> Keep it together, man. Keep it together. We will stop this. Um, it's, it's getting kind of late. And... Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> wrapping this up, what do I usually say? Second player, press start. Uh, yes. Uh, for more information on this podcast, visit our website at secondplayerpressstart.com. And that is second with the number two, two ND, secondplayerpressstart.com. And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, say goodnight, Darren. Good night, James.